This is IEDA In Your Ear, the podcast for members of the Indiana Economic Development Association. I'm your host, Lee Llewellyn. So this is the first in a series of uh, special podcasts that we're, we're doing, uh, that I'm doing with uh, economic development professionals around the state, really focusing on uh, our theme of economic development is more important than ever. And we're starting today with Corey Murphy, who is the president and CEO of the Newcastle Henry County Economic Development Corporation. And I asked uh, Corey to spend some time with me really talking about uh, things that he's been doing on a regular basis um, to keep his business community engaged, but then also we're going to talk a little bit about how he's anticipating uh, things are going to change uh, as we emerge from all of this. So, Corey, thanks for being with me. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. Well, we'll um, see if you still feel that way by the time we're done. Yeah. So, so give me, a, I know that there have been a number of things that, that you've been doing and, and some things that you've been doing in, in concert with some of the other community organizations. So just kind of tick through some of the, the things that you've been involved in. And then I know there are a couple of things that I want to dig into a little more deeply. So business retention and expansion or BRE. Um, has really been the primary focus and driver of our team's activities in the last uh, six weeks. Although the six weeks feel like six years, um, I'm sure listeners can uh, uh, relate to that. Um, almost exclusively uh, interacting with local businesses of all sizes. Um, all of a sudden, retail is more important uh, in the local conversations than ever before. And, and let me tell you what I mean by that. Typically, if we were to ask, if we were asked to recruit retail, we would say, you know, thanks for the suggestion, but that's just not our target. Um, if we build the base of the economy, then retail will follow. Um, but retail and small businesses make up a significant share of our local economy. So partnering with the Chamber of Commerce, uh, the Main Street organizations, uh, the Community Foundation, um, we have done a weekly call uh, every Monday at two o'clock for the last five weeks. Uh, we do a WebEx, um, seeing how we can partner with one another, uh, see how we can help one another, see how we can be coordinated in our communication to, to both the businesses and also to the local citizens. Um, it's no longer just about business now. It's about helping our citizens and, and putting out good communication uh, from a wide variety of things. Uh, so that's, that's kind of how our world has changed. And by the way, you know, we're, we're, many of us are doing it from home. Um, while some of us are uh, homeschooling our kids and, and watching our kids and, 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 you know, I don't cry. Um, I don't complain about that, but that is, that's an extra, uh, that, that that's an additional complexity to our work. <laughs> yeah, I think, yes. Uh, uh, people are, uh, some of the folks I'm talking to are revisiting third grade math for the first time in many years. And, uh, so, 
yeah, it's it's become a pretty diverse way in which we're spending our days. Uh, and if you had workaholic tendencies, uh, like uh, like myself before, um, having a home office uh, certainly contributes to the to the workaholic um, tendencies. I mean, it's 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 available to you twenty four seven. Yes, um, and uh, yes, um, which could be bad. Well, I'm very aware. Uh, <laughs> so, so let me talk about, and and I think I'm, I'm hope I'm recalling this correctly. It seemed to me that I had seen something come out of your office that you had hosted or have been hosting uh, calls between some of the business, uh, your local businesses, and the hospital. Uh, is that right? Yeah. So we. Um Early on, right after the stay-at-home order was issued, um, I had a really good relationship with our health department administrator, um, but never really worked with her on anything. I mean, I would just see her at meetings. We would interact. Um, and I have a, a new appreciation um, for her role, their role, all across the state. And so we have worked with the health department very, very closely, um, really trying to expand their capacity from a communication standpoint. Um, they don't have the capacity to respond to every business in Henry County. Uh, they just don't. I'm not being critical. That's a fact. Um, by the way, public health in Indiana is um, funded very, very lowly, very, very low. Um, maybe 48th in the country um, in terms of uh, the resources available. And so she was willing to uh, hop on Zooms, hop on WebExes, and have interactive conference calls with businesses. And so we focused on our major manufacturing companies at first because many of them were deemed essential by the, by the uh, guidance that was coming out of the governor's office. And so we wanted to provide um, basically a local face, local name, um, provide that client service. Even sometimes we would have to say, we don't know. We don't know the answer to your very, very good question, but we wanted to provide excellent client service uh, to our local employers to help them navigate um, through the fast changing, you know, can we be open? Are we essential? What should we tell our employees? Should we tell them to come to work? Um, and we did that twice early on. Um, it also, uh, very simple, very important uh, aspect is it was an introduction. It was in, an introduction and in building relationships where um, the HR manager or the plant manager could reach out to the health department director if they had a very specific question about a public health issue. All of a sudden, people all across organizations, including you and me, we're learning a lot about public health. And we're learning a lot about, you know, how viruses spread and how, how we mitigate that. And so this has been a crash course um, on the intersection between politics and I don't mean national politics. I mean, very, very much at the local level. You know, we got to schedule our pandemics 
uh, outside of an election year. We, we got to do a better job of that. And I'm not even talking nationally. I'm talking locally. Uh, commissioner's race, so on and so forth. Um, so we wanted to um, be the concierge. That's a word that I'm using a lot lately, yep. you know, to describe our role. We're, we're a concierge, not only for external opportunities to make investment, but our local people that are already here. How do we provide the best client service possible during this, uh, really during this dumpster fire? Well, and I think, uh, yes, I mean, so, so I was really intrigued with the fact that I, and there may be others around the state in your position who have done that connection uh, with the, the health department, the hospital, but I haven't seen that. And it seems to me that was something that I hadn't really thought about um, as we, were, as we were, were getting ready to do the webinar uh, a week or so ago with uh, Richard Florida and people were asking questions, I hadn't really thought about the degree to which people are really gonna to have to think about uh, as, we, as we start going back and as we have people working, you know, we have to think about a whole range of health issues uh, in ways we've never had to think about them before. I mean, just, you know, and I hadn't really thought about that. So how do you get supplies of, of that protective gear that people are going to need in the workplace that we've never had to think about before. And how do you reorganize a workplace so, so people can maintain some level of distancing, at least for a period of time? And those are all things that, you know, nobody's had to think about before. So out of that working relationship with the health department and the hospital coming alongside, um, for technical assistance. And as an aside, I'm, you know, Henry County is a, is a rural community, uh, population a little, a little less than 50,000, but I have to give a shout out, not only to our health department, but our hospital. Um, it's locally owned. It's, it's County owned. Um, very, very well ran. And, um, I just want to give them kudos in terms of uh, preparing and, and also helping the community, um, a, a real asset, uh, Henry Community Health. Um, so out of that relationship, we started a campaign called Not So Fast. Mm -hmm. And uh, we worked with the, you know, our Monday call, the collaborators, the Small Business Development Center, the Main Street, the Community Foundation, the Chamber of Commerce, the Health Department, and we put together uh, some marketing material, all based around not so fast. And internally, the the conversation was, well, you know, that's sending the wrong message. And we decided, no, uh, that is the right message because we want our business community to open up safe. We want them to open up slowly. Um, and so yesterday we hosted a webinar, um, which by the way is different. You probably know this Lee, but you know, a zoom webinar is different than a zoom meeting, right? A uh, different feel different. Um, so, you know, talk about building my skills, you know, hosted a zoom webinar. 
Um, but on the panel, we had the director of the health department. We had an infection control specialist from the hospital. We had an HR person that, that uh, worked with small businesses. And then we had the HR director from one of our largest employers in the county. We had over 70 businesses participate in that webinar. Um, it lasted an hour. And the whole focus was not on when, not on when we reopen, because that'll be, that'll be decided by the governor. That'll be decided by our county commissioners and our health department. But how? How should we reopen? Mm -hmm. And uh, we, we recorded that webinar. We're making that available to the, to the businesses that couldn't make it. That's how the world has changed. We did a, you know, we did a whole uh, session on really focused on public health. How to open your door. Yeah. And so I opened the webinar with, with this framework. No longer is health and safety just regulations to be followed. I believe the businesses that do the very best job possible in making their places safe for the customers and the employees and how they communicate that now is a sales advantage. Um, I think the marketplace will reward those businesses um, in terms of implementing all the protocols and then communicating that in an understandable way. And then the other item is where appropriate. Now, this isn't going to apply to all businesses or all organizations. But your website, your social media, your communication channels, and e-commerce have to be beefed up. Um, and if they weren't before this initial pandemic, it, I encourage the businesses to focus on those avenues. Well, you, you've touched on something, and, and, and I've actually heard when you talked about uh, a business and their, their commitment to health and, and safety, you know, we've begun to hear people say, you know, that's going to be a, a that's going to be a criteria that companies may be looking at for communities and counties and regions is, um, is tell us what your capacity, your health capacity is uh, within your, within your community or your region so that we know that if, if and when this comes back, um, you know, we, there will be some capacity to help us accommodate our workforce uh, to do whatever we need to do and so that's that's an entirely different I mean I don't know if that's actually going to pan out but that certainly is some discussion that I've been picking up nationally is that you know health capacity in a community may become a competitive advantage or conversely disadvantage yeah um, I, I think what you're reading is is spot-on because here is an opportunity for a community um, to help businesses, whether existing or new, to mitigate risk. Yeah. And this business is all about, you know, yeah. how do we reduce risk uh, as, as make it as little as possible. And so I'm, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic or I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm really pleased on how our little community here 
um, has come together and uh, to, to help the business, uh, the businesses respond. So uh, another thing I think that you've done uh, is I think that you have set up a, a local uh, fund uh, that's targeted towards some of your small businesses. Am I remembering that correctly? Yes. So we, how and, and what? So we were blessed um, really through the leadership of Bob Gruy. And so don't tell Bob this. Um, <laughs> Bob was my uh, predecessor here. And so he set up a revolving loan fund and it is ran by our organization. We are a 501c6 not-for-profit Economic Development Corporation. And so the board of directors empowered a loan committee to run the revolving loan fund. We call it the Enterprise Loan Fund, ELF. And, um, and it's been in existence since 2012. It was initially funded with a USDA grant with some local match from our, our organization's budget. Subsequently, um, I received uh, another USDA grant a few years ago and, and matched it again. And so if everything was revolved, our fund would be about $150,000. On March 25th, 2020, we announced our COVID-19 response using the ELF. And um, quite frankly, we patterned it after Grant County. And if you talk to, if you talk to uh, Brother Eckerly, he'll say he got it from somewhere in like Alabama. So, you know, uh, rob and duplicate. Up to $7,000 was the maximum loan amount. We would go six months interest-free. Um, interest rate would be, you know, between three and a half or four and a half based on risk. Um, we offered a, a 24 month repayment period. Um, and so within a matter of 16 calendar days, we, so that was, that was the way the fund was, was initially set up or the way you yes. were operating it. Okay. Yes. Well, I mean that th those were the changes we made in response to COVID-19. Okay. Got it. Prior to March 25th, we had a program. It was, it was more, you know, broad based, uh, you know, no real, uh, cap on the loan amount other than what we had in the fund. Um, so we pivoted, we pivoted our loan program to really focus on, uh, the pandemic. Um, and as I previously said, we, our, our maximum loan amount was 7,000, um, small businesses up to 30 employees located in Henry County, uh, chains could apply, national chains could apply, but they had to have local ownership. Right. So um, like a franchisee, for example? Yes. Okay. And so within 16 calendar days, and I'm, and I'm focused on this so much because at the same time, the initial round of the uh, federal response was coming through. And, you know, they, they got off to uh, kind of a rocky start. Right. And so while our dollars are much, much less, we were able to move very, very quickly. Mm hmm so um, we fully funded uh, four loans at a at a uh, cumulative total of twenty four thousand. 
you know, within, you know, less than 16 calendar days, we partner with our small business development center. Um, we partnered with them prior to this. Uh, they provide technical assistance to the applicant. Um, they take a look at the financials and then they make a recommendation or help our loan committee. And our loan committee is made up of volunteers from, from Henry County. Uh, we have two bankers, we have a lawyer, we have an insurance agent, the chamber of commerce director, and we have a small business owner. Mm -hmm. And, and I have to give them credit uh, because they're busy running their professional, you know, doing their professional and personal things during this pandemic, but they make themselves available to review loan applications and either approve or, 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 or not. And so, um, all while we applied for another USDA grant. Um, so their normal funding uh, opportunity, it was due April 15th. So in the middle of a pandemic, we're, 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 we're pivoting our loan program. We're putting together a, a loan application and um, we've been busy. <laughs> well, and that's a good thing. Uh, you know, uh, that's a good thing for all of us in that we're and all the you know, and all the while, uh, you know, really just in our pajamas. <laughs> well, speak for yourself. Um, uh, <laughs> um, um, so let me let's pivot because I don't want I don't want to eat up lots of your time. But but I think one thing that that uh, I think I, I I'm starting to focus on on behalf of the membership is starting to think about, you know, the before and after is going to be so radically different that we, we started we before, prior to, to the COVID-19 crisis, you know, we entered this with, with unemployment rates of, you know, two, 3%, uh, very low unemployment rates. Um, we were probably spending time worrying more about where are we gonna find people and how are we gonna house them we're going to come out of this with nobody knows for sure, but but probably with double-digit unemployment rates, uh, with a number of businesses, uh, and and I've been talking about, uh, and and uh, so we're we're giving one another credit, but this was from the folks at Thomas P. Miller and Associates. They were talking about viable but vulnerable businesses, and and I've been talking instead about well, let's talk about vital but vulnerable. So there are companies like it may be that tool and die shop um, that's a small shop that is in very vulnerable condition and yet other companies up the food chain, up the supply chain are very dependent upon the services of that vulnerable company to be able to, to get back up to production. So as you're thinking about, you know, when, when things start to open up, no matter how fast or slow, how is your practice of economic development going to look different, let's say, uh, uh, May 2020 and June than it did in January or February? I think it is going to continue uh, hyper-local focus um, in helping the, the, the local businesses navigate these challenging times. Um, it will be interesting to see where workforce comes into play. I mean, it will certainly be, um, you know, it's always a, a critical aspect, but I think that um, this rapid change is introducing a new set of skills that are going to be necessary um, 
you know, post COVID-19. And so how a community responds to that, how, how the businesses respond to that, I think it's going to be really, really interesting in, in, in how we navigate that. Uh, so hyper-local, BRE, business retention expansion, and then making sure that our, our workforce development talent um, responds uh, appropriately. Um, you know, I think all of a sudden, and I, and I could be all wrong on this, but I think all of a sudden, um, you know, companies aren't going to be looking necessarily for just people or, you know, warm bodies to fill a role. Uh, I think skills um, are, are going to be very, very vital. And um, I, I wonder if an, uh, an emphasis on um, training, an emphasis on, you know, screening, we're a, we're a uh, ACT uh, work ready certified community. And uh, I, I wonder if the, the company's willingness to buy into that uh, may be enhanced because um, they can be more choosy or they can be no more particular. We're still working on, and one of the projects that I'm working on now is, is a product for business attraction. Uh, you know, we sold our shell building last year. And so we're taking a hard look at another shell building. Um, we want to be well positioned and ready uh, for any reshoring opportunities or any supply chain reorganization. But I, BRE very much top of the top of the list. And, and, and working, and I'm repeating myself, but working with a set of companies that we normally wouldn't have. It's not that they weren't important. We just didn't have the opportunity to work with them in the past. And, and it is interesting that 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 I've uh, the other thing that I've been hearing nationally and now starting locally is that whole concept of reshoring. Uh, again, as as some of the uh, major manufacturers are looking at, okay, how do we how do we make sure that we have a less interruptible supply chain? which I think creates opportunities for growing local, creates some opportunities for some local entrepreneurship to figure out how do you begin to, I mean, maybe part of that's attracting, but part of that may also be, you know, where are some of those local opportunities that you can develop to, to sort of fill those supply chain gaps and keep them local. So I think, again, I, I, the reason I wanted to raise that question, and I'm gonna keep raising it with, you, with some of your peers, is that I think you know we really don't know yet what this is going to make, but I think we have to really start expanding our thinking about um, what economic development is going to look like going forward. And as I think we've heard uh, a number, thank heavens, we've heard a number of state and local elected officials saying, you know, uh, it, so it's not just us, but that economic development will be more important than ever because we're going to have to grow out of uh, some of the deficits and some of the, the financial challenges that the COVID crisis has imposed upon us. And, uh, you know, you can, only, you can only fill that gap with government for so long. And at some point, you have to start growing the tax base. You have to start growing the, the, the economy again through people having jobs. And that's what economic developers are here to do. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Um, 
the other thing that uh, has become a, a, a big focus is our own organization's resiliency um, in terms of, you know, all of a sudden our, our reserves and our balance sheet are really, really important. Um, and in looking at our funding streams because of the impact of COVID-19, we are a public-private, um, but in a rural community, the, the public investment contributions certainly make up the lion's share of our budget. And so um, our own organizations, fiscal operations, so on and so forth, I think um, certainly we paid attention to them prior, but all of a sudden uh, the balance sheet, the income expense are super, super important. Yep, I think that's that's gonna be a conversation that's gonna be had in lots of places. I've taken enough of your time. I appreciate um, any last thoughts, anything I haven't sort of pulled out of you up to this point. Well, I want to give a shout out. I don't know that they'll listen to it, but I want to give a shout out to our, our local elected officials um, in, in city and county and towns, but particularly the, the, the city and county, uh, how they have adapted, how they have pivoted um, and specifically, I went back to them and asked for contributions to our revolving loan fund. And uh, in a week, you know, we raised an additional $48,000, which isn't a lot of money in the grand scheme of things, but it's a lot of money for our community mm -hmm. in, in, in the midst of this pandemic, in the midst of uh, budget shortfalls, um, the city and county were, were willing to make available, you know, more money into our loan program so we could help businesses. Well, and I think the other thing that I, uh, I heard from your uh, discussion today that I think we're all learning is that uh, I think we're starting to see uh, levels of collaboration between public, private, uh, the various uh, organizations, the other 501c6 organizations. I mean, I think we're really starting to see uh, levels of collaboration among different community organizations to get through all of this stuff. And I think that's going to be a very positive for a lot of places. And I certainly heard you talking about that with your community foundation, with your chamber, uh, certainly your elected officials, uh, your health department. I mean, I think we're all getting to know a lot of people <laughs> around us that we hadn't had an opportunity to get to know before, and I think those are those relationships are starting to bear fruit. Lee, I appreciate this opportunity. I appreciate the good work of the IEDA, and um, wish everybody well, wish everybody to stay safe and be well. Okay, so uh, so today I've been talking with Corey Murphy. He's the president and CEO of the Newcastle Henry County Economic Development Corporation. So, Corey, thanks for spending time with me today. Thank you. This has been IEDA In Your Ear, the podcast for members of the Indiana Economic Development Association. All content in this podcast is copyright 2020 by the Indiana Economic Development Association and all rights are reserved. Mm -hmm.